0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away.
1: for another edition of the Chicago Bears podcast. Bears banter, powered by Windy City Gridiron and SB Nation, Bill Zimmerman with you. And that's a wrap on the 2019 season and probably a sigh of relief for a lot of Bears fans because that was not the season that a lot of us had in mind. Let's not spend too much time on this Vikings game because for the most part, the Vikings game was a useless game. Yes, the Bears win and get to eight and eight which I know I saw some people complaining that the Bears lost a few spots in the second round. I I don't care. I would much rather have this team finish 8-8 than 7-9. It just looks better. It makes you feel a little better about the season. But you can't put anything into that with the Vikings not playing any of their key members. And honestly, a little disappointing that the Bears struggled to get a win that much against that kind of roster that the Vikings put out there. But again, that... That game just kind of epitomized this entire Bears season. It was a lackluster effort. It wasn't an impressive game for really anyone. You know, there was some questionable things with the coaching staff, some questionable decisions by other players. Mitch Trubisky didn't look particularly good, but Mitch Trubisky makes one incredible play. The rollout, the great play to Miller on the fourth and nine that kept the drive alive that eventually became the game-winning drive. It's where you sit there and say, It's a typical Trubisky game where overall he doesn't play well, but he does make a play. And at what point is the, well, he'll make a play or two or three or four throughout the game, but not do anything else. That's the games that Mitch Trubisky strings together for the most part. When do the Bears say that's enough? So we'll we'll get into that. But other than that, there's really not much to say about this Vikings game. I'm glad this season is over. For the most part, we have just been waiting for this season and probably since the saints game i'm gonna guess most bears fans despite them still having a pretty good record had were kind of out on this team after the saints game they kind of saw the writing on the wall of what was going to transpire after that bye and and sure enough that's exactly what happened i understand after the little winning streak there and how mitch played against dallas and detroit that a little a little hope got breathed in there but look, it was always a near impossibility that they were going to be able to run the table with the Packers on the road and the Chiefs coming up there in those December games. And that's exactly what happened. And the Bears are home already for the season. So let's start with the Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy press conference, because the reaction to this press conference to me was mind Blowing, I, I could not believe, and not just fans, I get it, as we as fans are gonna overreact, we're gonna get excitable, we're, we're gonna really, you know, our passion is with this team, but the local media, the media that is supposed to be level-headed, I understand they want the, t- the local teams to do well, but it's supposed to be level-headed and, and really read between the lines and really understand what was said. The overreactions by the local media, just shocked me about this press conference. And obviously the biggest thing about this press conference was the fact that Ryan Pace said that Mitch Trubisky is our starting quarterback in in 2020. Now, I'll start here. What do you want Ryan Pace to say at that point? You're a couple days after the season. Do you want him to say, Mitch had a terrible year, we're done with this guy, I missed completely, he's awful, we're moving on, goodbye. Is that what you want? That's what you want to hear? That's not what any NFL team is going to do. They are going to, look, they don't know what's their, what quarterback they're going to have to start week one in 2020. It might be Mitch Trubisky. I highly doubt it's Mitch Trubisky, but it might be because they might have, let's say, plan A, is Alex Smith, and plan B is Cam Newton, and plan C is Andy Dalton, and plan D is Mitch Trubisky. If Alex Smith can't play, if Cam Newton, maybe the Panthers, the new coach, decides they want to keep him, and Andy Dalton signs elsewhere, if that happens and the Bears are stuck with Mitch Trubisky, they are certainly not going to trash him publicly. So what do you want Ryan Pace to say? He's always keeps everything close to the vest. They never say anything worthwhile in those press conferences, and people are just jumping all over the fact that he said that. There were far more things that pointed to me thinking that Mitch Trubisky will not be the Bears quarterback with what was said there. I mean, think about this. Before you put any stock into what was said, they asked Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, will there be any changes with the assistant coaches? Ryan Pace flipped it to Matt Nagy. So that's a co- that's a question for Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy says, we're still evaluating. We have to look at everything. You know, the generic BS that, that everyone's gonna say with that question. Not even more than what, two hours, an hour and a half later, the report comes out of all the offensive assistants that are fired, including Mark Helfrich. You don't think Matt Nagy knew that already? Of course he did. They didn't want to put anything out publicly in that press conference. So if they're clearly not being forthright about the coaching staff, why do you think they're being forthright about the quarterback? They weren't being forthright about anything. That's exact, those press conferences are are more more or less useless. Useless. Now, let's rewind to the year-end press conference from one year ago, after the Bears lost to the Eagles. The one thing... That, I, that jumped out for me that press conference compared to this press conference. Leonard Floyd, they asked him, Leonard Floyd, will you pick up the fifth year option? Now, for those of you that don't know the timeline, the fifth year option, you need to pick it up. there's a deadline in May, after the third year. Once that deadline comes up, you make the decision to pick up the fifth year option or not. You can rescind it as long as the player isn't seriously hurt. Injury guarantees that fifth year if they get seriously hurt in the fourth year. But you can rescind it basically at any point. But right after the season, Ryan Pace committed to Leonard Floyd. Said, we are going to pick up the fifth year option. And not that Leonard Floyd has been spectacular, but he's been a solid player. Picking up Leonard Floyd. And this is not about was Leonard Floyd worth the, his position in the first round. I'm not talking about that because I brought this up on Twitter. And it's like, Oh, well, you think he was worth that draft spot? Forget that. Forget that Leonard Floyd hasn't been the pass rusher the Bears hoped he would be. Leonard Floyd is a solid player. He's a good off-the-ball backer. He can cover. He can do a lot of different things. Leonard Floyd picking up his fifth-year option was obvious. Now, it's pricey. They may rescind it. They may trade him. I don't like any of those ideas. We'll get into it because I don't like creating holes on the roster. But that aside for for the moment, Leonard Floyd, the Bears committed to him at that press conference. Now. Rewind, uh, fast forward to this year, the only first round pick they have that they need to worry about is that is Mitch Trubisky, the quarterback, the most important position on the field, the one where the team should absolutely be like, of course we're picking up the fifth year option. We love Mitch Trubisky. He's our guy. They ask him about Mitch Trubisky in the fifth year option. We're not there yet. Wow. That is huge. And Everybody has ignored that Ryan Pace blew off that question. He blew it off. Will you commit to the fifth-year option of Mitch Trubisky? He said, no, not at this point. That's what he said. And if you're going to freak out about everything that they said about how he's going to be our quarterback, do you honestly think that they're going to go into the 2020 season with Mitch Trubisky as their starting quarterback and not pick up the fifth-year option? Of course they 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 would pick up the fifth year option. The fact that they're considering not doing it is all you need to know about where this franchise is with Mitch Trubisky. Now, if the, this again, the fifth year option they don't pick up until May. So they have the entire offseason, free agency and the draft to determine what they're going to do at the quarterback position. If all their plans fall through, if nothing happens, that they wanted to in terms of improving that quarterback position enough, then yes, they will commit to Mitch Trubisky in the fifth-year option. But they are absolutely doing things right now to figure out how to improve that position. Is it just bring in Marcus Mariota's competition or Andy Dalton? I don't think Andy Dalton's competition for Mitch Trubisky. I think he's a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky and would be the assumed QB1. But regardless of my assessment of quarterbacks, the Bears don't need to commit the fifth-year option of Trubisky, until the offseason shakes out and they know what they have at quarterback. Heck, they might even trade Mitch Trubisky if they can upgrade the quarterback position enough. We have no idea what the situation is at quarterback right now. We can talk about all the options out there, and there will be countless minutes committed in not just this podcast, but every Bears podcast, national football podcast about what the Chicago Bears are going to do at quarterback in the 2020 season. But the fact that he did not, Ryan Pace, did not commit to that fifth-year option and that's being ignored is really, really mind-blowing to me. I'll say a couple other things about Mitch Trubisky and and where this this team is with him. When I had Alan Robinson on this podcast, last podcast of the 2019 calendar year, and I asked him about Mitch Trubisky and I wasn't going to push him on it too much. Robinson was 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 nice enough to come on. He's coming on to talk about his his foundation and all the good things he's doing. Obviously, he's had a great season personally. I wasn't going to sit there and put his feet to the fire about his quarterback. That's not fair to do to him. But I did ask him about how he thought of Mitch Trubisky's development, and he basically said everybody needs to play better. He did not commit. Go back and listen to the press. Go back and listen to the podcast I did with Allen Robinson. Just listen to the one question I asked him about, about Mitch Trubisky towards the end of the interview. Skip everything else if you want. I don't care. Listen to that question. He ignored it. He said, Oh yeah, Mitch is doing all right, but the whole team needs to play better. That's all he said. He just blew off a question about Mitch Trubisky. Fast forward to George McCaskey addressing the media at the end of the season. When he was asked about Mitch Trubisky, what did he do? He fumbled all over himself and said, oh, the whole team needs to play better. They're not talking about Mitch Trubisky. They're not answering questions about Mitch Trubisky. Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy had to answer some questions at that press conference. They knew they were going to, and all they said was, ah, you see glimpses, but we need more consistency. Everyone knows you need more consistency. It's been three years. The consistency's not coming. End of story. But There was so much said after the season and basically not said about Mitch Trubisky, which really should shine a light on what's going on at Hallis Hall. Now, I know they've been very positive publicly about Mitch Trubisky. And of course, that's what they're going to be. That's Matt Nagy's style. That's how the Bears like to purport things. There is no reason for them to bash Mitch Trubisky publicly. Heck, even when Mitch bashed Matt Nagy about his play calling a, a couple weeks ago, Matt Nagy still didn't take the bait. He didn't say anything about Trubisky. He just said, oh, basically I didn't hear it. Okay, fine, whatever, move on. So they're, they're not saying anything about Trubisky. So there's no reason to sit here and honestly think that that is, is a ringing endorsement for Trubisky to be the starting quarterback next year. I was really shocked at the reaction. And I I tweeted a lot of things about that press conference and about what was going on. And still people basically say, ah, you're wrong. You don't know what the heck you're talking about. Well, that's fine. And maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but I've heard enough press conferences. I've heard enough coach speak GM speak to read between the lines and know that that was not a ringing endorsement for Mitch Trubisky. So let's get into the quarterback situation a little bit later in the podcast. But let's go on to position evaluations here. We're not doing a guest today. I should have said that at the beginning of the podcast. Way too much to get into, way too many things on my mind. We will get a guest on maybe next week or the week after to kind of talk about the season, talk about some of the hires that the the Bears have done. Hopefully the Bears will have an offensive coordinator by then, and we can discuss that with the person. So we'll have a guest on, and then we'll do periodic podcasts. They won't be weekly, but they'll be frequent enough during the off-season, especially when the Bears do something and there's something to discuss. So let's get into some position and player evaluations and what the team should do or speculate on what the team should do in the off-season. And let's let's start on the defensive side of the ball. Let's start in the secondary. ha Clinton Dix had a very good season and a season that was an absolute steal at the price he was at. I'm not going to get into Ha-Ha versus Amos I, I don't care about that at this point. Ha-Ha had a very good season. Now, the one thing I would say is based on how Ha-Ha needs to play and kind of play that that center field free safety position that Eddie Jackson did so well the the previous year, that's where Ha-Ha is best suited in a defense. So you kind of take that away from Eddie Jackson. So I don't know if they were the best pairing this, this past season. Now, they both had very good seasons. Eddie Jackson's, stats, those game breaker stats weren't there this year, but that was for the most part the way he was utilized in this defense this year. He shut down players, and he was in great position and shut down plays, but he did not have the interceptions, the pick sixes, touchdowns, all the flashy stuff he was able to do the previous year. Wasn't there this year, and I think that's a lot of how Pagano utilized his safeties. So, ha I don't know if the Bears are necessarily going to commit to him coming back next year. I don't know if they ever planned on it. That's why he kind of had the one-year prove a deal. He wants to have a chance to go out and make more money. And I think based on the season he had this year, he's absolutely going to have that opportunity. So... I would rather see Ha-Ha walk at this point and have a safety that's going to pair with Eddie Jackson a little better. Honestly, Amos probably paired with Eddie Jackson better. Doesn't mean that Amos is a better safety than Ha-Ha. He is in some ways ha better than him in other ways, but the pairing of Amos with Jackson was probably a little better for this defense, so curious to see what the Bears are going to do at safety here moving forward. Now, at the cornerback position, Kyle Fuller is set, obviously. But the question is, what are they gonna do with Prince of Mucamara? Now, they can get out of his contract, or they can keep him for one more year at his current rate, or they can obviously potentially rework his deal. Uh, you know, not, not rocket science here, those are obviously the choices. I'm not sure exactly what the Bears plan to do, but I would say this, there is no reason to keep Prince at his current price tag. That's not a good idea, he's not worth that much, he didn't have a fantastic season, he was okay, but he certainly didn't have that much of an impact defensively. Now, the question is, if they decide to move on from him, then maybe they can rework his deal, bring that yearly price tag down, and they they can come into an agreement. But if Prince is gone, if they decide to move on from him, what is the plan going to be at that cornerback position? The choices they have, they can move Buster Screen to the outside if they feel that Duke Shelley can handle the nickel position okay. They could give Kevin Tolliver a shot at that outside position, or obviously go the free agency route, or in the draft. Now, the Bears have never been one to leave a potential hole waiting for the draft so they can fill it in the draft. They, they draft best player available for, for the most part. They are not going to sit there and just wait to see if they can get the cornerback they want in the second round. To start. They won't do that. So again, they may eventually draft a cornerback in the second round who may, you know, unseat someone that they've already slated as a starter, but they will not just leave that hole open. So they're either going to commit to Tolliver or commit to Shelley, basically, moving into that starting rotation, or they're going to assign some kind of veteran to a reasonable deal. handle that position so i think prince is going to be the first guy that we've seen on this defense the last few years that you will see moving on now looking at the defensive line i don't expect to see a lot of change there we need a healthy akeem hicks eddie goldman will play much better when he's alongside akeem hicks Nick Williams, is he going to be back? That's a good question. He made quite an impact. A team may want to pay him. And if that's the case, he, he may move on. But you still got Bilal Nichols there. You've got Roy Robertson-Harris, who's a guy that they should keep around, who probably shouldn't be too expensive to do so. So they've got some positions at the defensive line. The, the most interesting position to me on the defensive side of the ball is at linebacker. You've got Khalil Mack on the outside. You've got Roquan Smith. And now you've got the two other positions, the inside backer and, of course, the other edge spot. Now, moving on to the other edge spot, I've seen a lot of people talking about rescinding Floyd's fifth-year option, and I hate that idea. Now, I like Leonard Floyd as a football player. He is not the pass rusher the Bears wanted him to be, and he's not making the kind of impact I think the Bears expected him to, to make. But he is a good football player. And when you look at what he does on the football field, if you rescind that fifth year option, you are creating a massive hole at a very important defensive position. Now, you can sit there and be like, oh, well, you can just replace him with with, with a free agent. That's not that easy because free agents of Leonard Floyd's ability get paid more than what Leonard Floyd's fifth year option is. His option, what, 13, 14 million? Floyd, those Floyd's going to get 18 million on the open market. He's going to get more money than he's making with the fifth year option. So to replace him, you're, you're looking at spending just as much or decreasing your talent at a position to save a few bucks. I don't understand the thought process there. I really don't. Now I have no problem with the bears using a second round pick on an edge and let Leonard Floyd walk after the 2020 season. I'm okay with that. I don't need the bears to commit a long-term deal to Leonard Floyd. I understand you want more of a pass rush impact in this defense at that edge spot, but to rescind the fifth year option and let him go, to me, that is a terrible idea. I understand the money in theory it would save, but again, you have to look at replacement cost. You can't go out and get a $4 million edge who's going to perform at a high level and play 75% of the snaps, that's just not going to happen. You're going to have to find a 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, $15 million edge, and at that point, what's the point? Why'd you let Leonard Floyd go to roll the dice in free agency? It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't like that idea. Now, the other inside linebacker position is interesting, and I think with confidence that that other inside linebacker position starting next year will either be Danny Trevathan, or Nick Kwakowski, But I don't expect both of them to be back. I think Nick Kwakowski played well enough in his last year in free uh, before hitting free agency that he will get a decent contract. Not, not mega bucks, but a decent contract from a team. Danny Trevathan, his number from what the Bears pay, were paying him originally should drop a little bit due to his age. But do the Bears want to commit to an older player with injury histories? when you have a younger player who is still probably going to be cheaper than Trevathan. I don't know that that's something that the bears are going to have to weigh. Trevathan would probably come back at a pretty reasonable rate. But again, Nick Kwiatkowski, I highly doubt is going to accept a contract to come back as their backup inside linebacker and special teams player, because he will get a chance to start on another football team. So if the bears aren't willing to commit to him as a starter, he's gone. If they want to commit, to Nick Kwiatkowski as the starter, Danny Trevathan's gone. So they're going to lose one of them. They're going to keep one of them. I honestly think at this point the smarter move is to keep Nick Kwakowski. He's younger. He's going to be able to have a few years of control. you probably get him to a three-year deal with a fairly low guarantee where you can control him for a while at a reasonable rate. Inside linebacker, not the most important position on the defensive side of the ball. And Nick Kwakowski, if he's got a really good defensive line in front of him, some good edges, a decent secretary, you're going to have enough talent around him where the, the couple warts that he has, you're going to cover up really easily. And again, Kwakowski had a very good season, really showed that he has the potential to be a, a three-down backer instead of just the two-down thumper that he's been his first couple seasons in the league. I liked what I saw from Kwakowski. I think that's the smarter move for the Bears. Commit to Kwakowski. which if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, you know how down I was on Kwiatkowski for a while. But he proved me wrong this year and showed a lot more talent than I thought he had. That's a solid fourth-round pick for Ryan Pace, another one to put in the win category. And they should commit to him at the other position. Now let's flip over to the offensive side of the ball. Let's start with wide receivers because that's probably the easiest position to look at. Obviously, Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller are your top two dogs out there. Taylor Gabriel, especially with the concussion and and everything, and and they've had some other issues with him. I think Taylor Gabriel is gone. I think that's a pretty safe assumption. I think you're going to have Riley Ridley and Javon Wims move up into your wide receiver three and wide receiver four categories. And that last wide receiver position, be interesting to see what the Bears do there. A lot of teams keep six wide receivers. I think the Bears are going to rather have more tight ends on the roster as they try and figure out that. We'll get to that in a second but that fifth wide receiver needs to be someone in the Josh Bellamy, Marvin Hall, who they had, but in that role, who can have a special teams impact. I don't know if that's going to come via the draft or via free agency, but I, I don't expect the bears to go after a wide receiver of, of, of any significant value in terms of their name, where you'd be like, all right, that guy's going to be wide receiver three. I think they're going to let Riley Ridley move into that position They'll play two wide receivers a lot. And again, remember, Tariq Cohen is going to be lining up out there a lot as well. So let's look at the tight end position, because if you want to do two tight end sets and keep a tight end out there as much, that's why you really only need a couple key wide receivers that are going to get a ton of snaps, and you can let Ridley and Wims get more snaps next year and develop and hopefully really turn into something. But the tight end position, obviously is a mess. It is a major mess. It is the position, other than quarterback in my eyes, that they really, really need to overhaul this offseason. The only guy I think will be back next year of any value is Trey Burton. Trey Burton's got another year of guaranteed money. There's really no point to move on from him unless Trey Burton decides to retire or something if these injuries have gotten to him too much. But Trey Burton's going to be there. The question is, what are you else are you going to have around him? I think Ben Broniker signed a two-year deal. This was the first year of that deal. I think he's back because I think they like what Broniker can do from a special teams point. And him as your third or fourth tight end on the roster, that's fine. He He's okay when he's out there. I, he's, he, I understand he's dropped a pass or two. But but Ben Broniker as a backup is, is not a bad backup to have. He's a good special teams player. So I think Broniker's back. Now, the question is, are the Bears going to have four or five tight ends on the roster? They they have five tight ends on the roster. A lot. Bradley Sowell that's gone. He you know he 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 didn't work out. I they gave him a shot. Didn't work out. Goodbye. I think Jesper Horsted will have a chance at making that active roster again. You've got J.P. Holt. He's going to have a chance to stay on the active roster. They did some decent things here this season from the tight end position. But I think you are going to have two major pieces brought in for at the tight end position. I think there is going to be a major free agent signing or a trade. You know, could they possibly trade for OJ Howard? We've heard OJ Howard rumors out of Tampa forever. Something like that. Is that a possibility? You know, can they sign Eric Ebron? Can they sign Austin Hooper? Something like that. There is going to be a major signing or trade, I believe, at the tight end position. And I also think they are going to use a second round pick on a tight end. Because Adam Shaheen cannot be on the roster. I don't think they're going to cut Shaheen in the spring. I don't think there's any reason to do that. Let him be on the roster in August because maybe, just maybe, he figures things out in his uh, final year of that rookie deal and puts things together. But there's no reason to really think that's the case. Adam Shaheen has no business on this roster in the 2020 season. He was dreadful. To me, if I'm if I'm the Bears, if I'm keeping five tight ends, I'm keeping Trey Burton, I'm keeping Ben Bronicker, I'm signing a veteran, I'm drafting a guy in the second round, and then I'm letting Horstead and Holtz, and if you want to throw Dax Raymond and all those guys, those guys can fight for a fifth tight end position on the roster. That's what I'm doing if I'm the Bears at the tight end position. Now, offensive line, Offensive line has been a lot of debate this year about how they've played. And, and here's what I'll say about that. Their pass blocking was okay. It, the Bears' offensive line was trashed all season long. And, look, their run blocking was not good. How much of that is on them? How much of that is on Harry stand? How much of that is on the scheme, which we've all blasted the Matt Nagy run scheme, whether it was Mark Helfrich's run scheme, is irrelevant at this point. The current run scheme the Bears have stinks. They need to change the run scheme. They've already hired Juan Castillo. He was the run game coordinator in Buffalo when they had Shady McCoy a couple of years ago and had an excellent run game. Now that helps when you have LaShawn McCoy, but he is probably going to have a major impact on the Bears reworking their run game and obviously trying to solve their offensive line woes. I don't know if Juan Castillo is a great hire, he's not a terrible hire, but I love the Harry stand hire and clearly that didn't work out. So what Juan Castillo does with this offensive line and this run game is going to be interesting to see because that needs to be changed greatly. I I, I think the run game is too cute. There's a lot of delay, a lot of misdirection. Look, that's fine, you know, you, for a change of pace in some place to be mixed in there, but I don't think that should be the core of your run game. The core of your run game to me still needs to be Offensive lineman getting into guys, getting downhill, getting a push, creating a hole, and letting a guy like David Montgomery get three yards, four yards down the field before he has to break a couple tackles because he can drag. We've seen his ability to drag tacklers and break tackles. He's very good at it. So get him some momentum. Give him a chance here instead of getting hit one yard past the line of scrimmage time and time again. So let's see what the Bears can do in terms of changing the run scheme and working to these guys' strengths more because the only position that's going to change, to me, along the offensive line, barring a major surprise, is right guard. Leno and Massey, Whitehair, Daniels, I don't think they're going anywhere. I think you can lock them into their starting positions in 2020. I know that's going to bother plenty of fans. Leno is not a bad left tackle He gets blasted a lot. He definitely had a lesser year this year than he had in maybe 2017 or 2018. But overall, he is a decent left tackle and one that the Bears shouldn't, in my mind, worry about out there. I think Whitehair is good. I think Daniels continues to develop. Massey is what he is. But right guard, to me, they need to commit some dollars to. Rashad Coward didn't like what I saw for most of the season, Alex Bars, I would have liked to see him get more opportunities here in December. Didn't happen. So I have a hard time committing to a UDFA in his second year in the league as a starter. So what I'd like to see is the Bears commit some free agency dollars at right guard. Bring someone in with some talent. I don't know if they're going to go for you know a major signing there. But they need to bring in someone better than Ted Larson who can play right guard. Let Alex Bars be a backup next year. Maybe Rashad Coward, you say this didn't work out. Or maybe you think he's developed enough where he can be the swing tackle. But let Alex Bars make the roster next year as a backup. I don't think they can commit to Alex Bars at right guard. So I think that is a key position that also needs to be addressed in free agency. Running back. I liked what I saw from David Montgomery. I know the stats aren't gaudy, but a lot of that I don't think is his fault. I do think he danced around and looked for holes a little too much early on, but he really started low on his shoulder and taking two yards when he when he could see that that was all, all that was going to happen. Vision isn't amazing, but the vision is solid. He's a good ta- tackle breaker. I think he's okay. What the Bears do need is a true RB2. Tariq Cohen change of pace, wide receiver, whatever, you know, weapon, whatever you want to call him, he's not an RB2. The Bears need to go out and get a guy where if David Montgomery pulls a hamstring and is going to be out a month, that they can plug in as a traditional running back in this offense. Kareth White might have been that guy. He had some flashes in Pittsburgh, but he's gone at this point. Mike Davis obviously gone. That didn't work out at all. So the Bears need to, you know, figure out. this. That's not a high priority, but they need to figure out an RB2. And then, of course, you've got the quarterback position, which we kind of talked about a lot with the press conference. I think the Bears are moving on from Mitch Trubisky. I'm pretty confident about that decision. It's not to say that Mitch Trubisky is definitely going to be off the roster next year. But I think if they could trade him, they might. But I think the Bears will bring in a quarterback that they feel can start for this team. Whether that be... here, here's the situation: the better quarterbacks that are potentially available, you know, may not be available for for certain reasons. So let's kind of go through the list here. You've got Cam Newton. The Panthers are probably moving on from him. He'll probably be a free agent. I don't know what kind of trade value Cam Newton has at this point with the questions around his his health. So if the Panthers are going to rebuild and kind of start over at the quarterback position, and Cam Newton is just released and is available do the bears make that kind of move i don't know pace does not like guys with injury history you know um cam newton has had a lot of injuries here the last couple of years he's got a lot of tread on the tires a, you know a lot you know a lot of worn. he's worn down you could tell that in his press conference at the beginning of the year when he was trying to address these injuries he's worn down now maybe him being shut down basically all season will help rejuvenate him a little bit but cam newton is a guy the Bears may not trust with his health, and it's also possible that the new coach of the Panthers wants to keep him. So Cam Newton, definitely not a guarantee. Eli Manning's going to be available. He he can't play anymore. Phillip Rivers, Rivers has not been good this, this past season. He's definitely on the downside of his career. I'm not sure if that's a guy I want to commit to at, at quarterback for the Bears. Look, if they want to roll the dice with him, I'd rather have him than Mitch Trubisky. But Phillip Rivers, there's a lot of question marks there. Derek Carr, a guy John Gruden may not want to deal with anymore. Derek Carr's terrible in cold weather. Derek Carr, you know, again, may stick with the Raiders. He may be the face of the Vegas Raiders next year. A lot of questions about what they might do with Derek Carr. Ryan Tannehill, after the seasons he's had, is almost certainly going to get franchise tagged. So he may not necessarily be an option. And then, of course, Teddy Bridgewater, who was excellent when Drew Brees was injured. But here's the thing. I don't think the Saints are letting Teddy Bridgewater out of their sight. They have a a, a quarterback in Drew Brees who's 41, who has every record. Look, if the Saints win the Super Bowl this year, Drew Brees might retire, and then they're going to commit many dollars and many years to Teddy Bridgewater as their quarterback. Maybe Drew Brees, maybe they sit down with him and say, look, you can play one more year because we're going to keep Teddy Bridgewater and we can't keep Teddy on our bench much longer. So the Saints situation is interesting because if Drew Brees wants to play three, four more years, I still think the Saints will want to keep Teddy Bridgewater around. That could be a bit of a conflict there. I'm not saying Drew Brees is going to be a free agent this year, but I do think it's interesting because Sean Payton's a smart guy. Sean Payton, if he had a choice of having Teddy Bridgewater as his quarterback for 10 years right now or Drew Brees being his quarterback for two years, he's going to pick Teddy Bridgewater and tell Drew Brees it's been great. See you later. The the NFL is a cutthroat league, and I'm not saying Drew Brees is going to be available and he'll be the Bears quarterback next year, but I am saying with the Saints that they may have a tough decision on their hands if Drew Brees doesn't just acquiesce to what they want, want to happen because Teddy Bridgewater can play in that offense, can play in that offense efficiently, And Sean Payton needs a quarterback. I don't see him saying, all right, we've got Drew Brees. He's 41. He's going to be 42. Let Teddy walk. I don't see that happening. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is getting out of New Orleans. I think Drew Brees is either going to retire this season or tell the Saints he's playing one more year and retiring. And the Saints can make it, can figure it out financially for one season to have Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater on the roster. They can figure it out. So I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is an option either. So those are probably the best options at quarterback available or potentially available. And Alex Smith is the other guy who, look, he's the perfect guy for Matt Nagy, who's very comfortable with him. They, they, they worked really well together in Kansas City. And if Alex Smith is healthy, I think Alex Smith will be the Bears quarterback. But the problem is I don't think Alex Smith is going to get healthy. I have said that multiple times on this podcast. I have tweeted it multiple times at Zimmerman SXM. That's just too much of an injury to overcome, especially at his age. So I don't think Alex Smith is an option either because of the health. So if you eliminate all the guys I just said, what's left? And the unfortunate thing is not much. You've got Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's got an out in Miami, who will probably take that out and see what else he can get, especially on that Dolphins roster, who knows that they are going to have a quarterback, whoever that may be next season. He may not want to deal with that. You've got Andy Dalton. They're going to have Joe Burrow, so Dalton will 100% be a free agent. You've got Marcus Mariota, who we know Ryan Pace likes. Obviously, we're talking about the Mark Helfrich connection. That connection no longer matters. So Mariota's still a possibility there. But the options aren't that exciting. Does Case Keenum rile you up? Look, if they brought in Pat Shermer as an offensive coordinator, we know the success he had with Case Keenum in Minnesota a couple years ago. But there's just not a lot there. Now, again, I think most of those guys are better than Mitch Trubisky at this point. I really do. So, but if that becomes, and that's why I'm saying that's why they're not going to criticize Mitch Trubisky. Because if those are your options, Mitch Trubisky will 100% be on the roster. If you sign Ryan Fitzpatrick or Andy Dalton or Marcus Mariota or Case Keenum, if you sign one of those four guys, you 100% are still going to have Mitch Trubisky on the roster. Whether Whoever's QB1, whoever's QB2, I'm not worried about that. But you're not getting rid of Mitch Trubisky. If you trade for Derek Carr, if you go out and get Cam Newton, and you do not commit the fifth-year option to Mitch Trubisky, what's the point of having Mitch Trubisky on the roster? Maybe you can work out a trade. Maybe the Panthers will be like, we'll give Mitch Trubisky a shot. Maybe he can work in our system. Maybe John Gruden thinks he can fix Mitch Trubisky. I I don't know. But if you're going to commit to a more established starting quarterback in the NFL, like a Carr or a Newton, you certainly are not going to have any reason to keep Mitch Trubisky. Now, again, he may be on the roster as QB2. That may happen because a team may not want to trade for him. But there is no reason to have Mitch Trubisky on the roster. But there is if you have a lesser starting quarterback. So that's why the Bears aren't going to commit anything about Mitch Trubisky at this point because they don't know what to do at the quarterback position. Obviously, quarterback's going to be something to watch the entire offseason, and that is going to be hotly debated locally and nationally. Nationally, the Bears of quarterback is going to be a hot topic this offseason. So there's a lot of stuff going on with this team and a lot of questions that need to be answered, and that's why I think fans were so frustrated with that Pace Nagy press conference because they didn't answer any questions, but if you've watched Ryan Pace and how he wants his coaches to talk and how he wants the front office and and, and how he wants the entire franchise to put forth what the public image is about this team, they're just not going to give you anything worthwhile in these press conferences. So to get worked up about it, again, just doesn't make sense to me. So a lot of interesting things about this Bears roster. Again, if I was going to make a guess about where they will commit free agent dollars to this offseason. I think it's going to be a safety to replace HaHa. I think it's going to be at right guard to replace Kyle Long, who I think 100% retires. I think it will be at tight end, and I think it will be at quarterback. I think those four positions, you will see a fairly significant free agent signing. Now, a lot of people have talked about the Bears and their salary cap space, The Bears can create a lot more space than you think. The Bears can release Prince Amukamara and save some money there. Again, Trevathan, I think, off the roster with Kwiatkowski, that's going to save a few million. million. I think you can extend Allen Robinson. I think that's a smart move and something they should do this offseason. And I think that can make his money more palatable on a, a yearly impact in terms of his dollars. So I think there's a lot of money that the Bears can free up. I think they can get probably $50 million in free agent dollars this year, which will be more than enough to handle getting a veteran quarterback and signing a couple impact guys and, and a couple low-level guys. So the Bears can free up the money they need. It's just a question of how much money do they want to free up and how much money do they want to commit to certain players. So. A lot of questions left to be answered, and it's only January. We've got the entire playoffs for the rest of the league to figure out. Then we've got uh, free agency in March. Things are a long, long ways away for us to figure out what this Bears team is going to look like in 2020 because there will be some new faces, and I think some new faces at some critical, critical spots. So we will continue with our offseason Bears Mantra podcast. We will get another one for you in a week or two with a guest to further discuss what the Bears need to do And we'll discuss a little bit about the new offensive coordinator and what they may bring to Matt Nagy's offense on the next Bears banter. Until then, bear down, everybody. It's going to be a long offseason, but it should be an interesting one. We'll talk to you soon. Adios.